Konnichiwa, everybody, and welcome to uh, Roll for Weeb, our lovely second campaign that me and Triple are running uh, opposite to Robocto Kai. Um, but this time, I am in the DM and player seat. Um, just in case you don't know who I am, I am Mitch, um, or the Weeb, the uh, Weeberai on social medias and stuff like that. Um, if, uh, you are listening to my voice, that means you heard me in Rolpocto as, uh, the player and co-DM, and I am one of the main hosts of Talk Anime. Um, I am playing, uh, Manji Hara, uh, Sword Saint. Uh, we will move on to the next character, uh, who would like to introduce themselves and their character. Uh, hello, I'm Bird, he, they pronouns. Uh, I'm playing Patches, uh, Autoform Barbarian. Um, carry on. So, um, I am Triple. I will be playing the uh, Manju Kurkowski. And I am going to be a That's new a type of class. Yeah, fucking tell me. Uh, <laughs> called a Sword Saint, we're testing out. And I will be a DM and also a player. And I'm Digi. He, they, sometimes she pronouns. I will be playing Callum, your uh, knowledge domain cleric. Allegedly a half-orc. <laughs> and um, we do have a other player, but sadly they couldn't join us for our session zero. Um, so everyone, for session zero, we are basically doing the introductions for everyone's character. So this is basically... Um, the li- the day of this character's life, what they're doing, uh, give us a little rundown before uh, shit hits the fan. So whoever would like to go first on their character's daily life, uh, let me know and we will start. I was going to say, should we do rollies for this? I, mean, I, I can I go mean, first. I'm going to go first. Okay, so um, go for it. Go ahead, Triple. All right. Well, Manju's day usually starts out with him uh, waking up in his van and him going out accepting odd jobs on his website and using said van to get to said odd jobs where he just works around and does whatever he needs to to get just enough to make a living off of. He usually goes around with either just fixing some stuff here and there or he goes around and does some exterminating if he needs to. He has been doing that for quite some time after leaving his house due to some bad blood and proceeds to live his life as free as he possibly can. And that's what he does on a daily basis. Okay. Um, I, I'll, I'll go next. Uh, so Manji's uh, day-to-day is he goes to uh, the uh, dojo that he uh, instructs in uh, swordsman fighting. Uh, swordsmanship uh, through Kendo, through Aido, uh, in the province of Endo, which is um, the Japanese-themed uh, land in uh, our homebrew world, Tetra. Um, when he is not at the dojo training the next generation of swordsmen, um, he is working at the anime cafe in uh, and, uh, Endo, the main city of uh Adori, and um, usually often seen uh, running because he's usually running late to his second job. So that is his day to day. Okay, I had like a whole scene for this. So did you take it up? <laughs> <laughs> we we can eventually uh, we'll eventually go in and have everybody do like a full scene. It's just this is like the basic day to day stuff. 
So Callum's day to day is like typically he'll go around and like help out his two dads, uh, like with the garden and stuff, and uh, take his time going over to the library. So he goes on a lot of trips. So he's like at the start of this, probably getting ready to go on a trip to an exhibition to learn about some uh, culture stuff. So, and he likes to visit his mother's uh, grave uh, before he goes on these trips, too. Because she's the one who really got him inspired on this. And kind of set him on the course of his life. Uh, Patches lives in Duskhaven, in the, in the province of Argoth. Uh, he lives sort of hunchback of Notre Dame style in the attic of a gym that every brick of this place looks like it needs to be fucking sandblasted. Um, it is extremely low rent, uh, very scummy. He doesn't go anywhere without his manager, Brixton, showing him where to go. Um, he doesn't really fully understand a lot about the world, but he's often pointed in the direction that Brixton wants him to go. He does pit fighting for petty cash and kind of he's chafing under it a little when we come to him uh there's a there's a core goodness in the guy that he really isn't sure what to do with yet with that all right with that being said we are going to be going right into the fun when sh the day the shit hits the fan. Um, Triple, I believe you said that you were going to be starting in um, Endo, I believe you said? Yeah, just doing odd jobs here and there. Alright. So, Triple, it is a beautiful, sunny spring day in the province of Endo. These uh, lovely cherry blossoms are starting to slowly come into bloom, filling the, you know, the, the trees in the area with bright pink colors from the cherry blossom trees uh you're walking through uh, endo the main capital on your way to a job that you never really got before um it came from a weird uh message from a guy who just went by the name k he told you you needed to go to uh, a shrine to go and experience uh go and find something that is missing to him while you're going through this, you have these weird reminiscing daydream moments. And it's back when you and your brother were running through the streets, just being kids, um, having fun, uh, getting the odd snack from some random vendor. Uh, it's just the happiest moments of your life and cutting to moments when you and your brother were fighting and always at each other's throats in some way or the other. Um, as you're walking through, you stop by one of the vendors uh, that you have grown to know. It's this uh, massive kitsune, um, uh, not kitsune, um, a massive, uh, um, <clears throat> sorry, a massive tiger, a uh, humanoid tiger. Uh, he's bulky. Um, this, this guy is like built built like a shit brick house and he is serving ramen um you know this vendor as mitts who is the local proprietor of mitts ramen which is probably the best ramen in all of endo uh he waves you over he goes ah ah hey 
Manju, I have your favorite. Would you like a bull today? Hey, nice to see you again, Fuzzy. Yeah, I'll definitely take one. Hey, he goes, <laughs> funny, funny guy. Here, on the house, as per usual. And he gives you... I'll make sure uh, back later. He gives you the big bowl of ramen. He goes, ah, why would I do that? You helped me, uh, you helped fix the shop when I desperately needed to go and get those supplies. So thank you. It's the least I can do. No, appreciate it. Say, so, yeah, how's family doing? Oh, uh, you know, the wife, the wife's doing great. You know, yesterday we celebrated seven years. It's been, it's been a, a fun ride since, you know, the days of the wars and everything else. And he's just sitting there and he's making ramen. And it's like a really nice scene. Um, anyone who would be a fan of it, very much like a Naruto moment where Naruto would go to Ichiraku and get ramen. So this is what's going on. It's just you're having this great moment. Um, coming in behind, uh, you hear the rustling. And uh, Mitsu goes, ah, it's the other brother. And walking in, sitting beside you is the short white-haired character. Uh, he is wearing his business. Uh, he's wearing a really ratty looking um, anime t-shirt uh, from some distinguished anime of a samurai of some kind. Um, his white hair is a little messy and his glasses are a little messed up. He quickly fixes them the anime we uh, anime glass style with the middle finger and flashes of light. His eyes go missing for a moment. And he sits there and goes, Ah, it's you. Hello, brother. And it is Manjihara, who is the character. Um, it's his day off today, and he is just getting some ramen. You know, for being someone so handsome such as myself, you really kind of ruin your look with the whole shirt and the glasses. I'm sorry. He puts his hair through his own white hair and just kind of flips it back a little bit, like like doing the whole pretty boy hair split thing while he's saying that. Are there sparkles? Absolutely, like a little bit of sweat just comes off, and he just uh, does the whole roll show Chris, show like Chris zooming and goes ding 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 ding. <laughs> roll charisma. Uh, roll for sparkles. <laughs> roll for sparkles. Yeah, roll for sparkles. First roll of the campaign goes to roll for sparkles. I could not think of a worthier roll. That is going to be a 19. So with a 19, yes, it is. Are you rolling metal dice? I heard that. (laughs) Yeah, I got a couple. (laughs) It is the the most shoujo-style moment you can think of. The the background goes all fuzzy. You get bright, beautiful colors, and it's like slow motion. It's like, oh god! I, was say, I why? feel like there's even cherry petals in the background. Yeah, and you get the odd like you know the odd uh, cherry blossom flies by behind them, and it's just like the pretty boy moment. And all you can see on Manji's face is the moment he wants to barf. Manji goes, <laughs> "No, you may act like the pretty boy, but we know between the two of us, I'm the one." actually you know gets things done how's that what temp job that you do first off very successful business second off point proven third off don't bring it up again that whole breakup last time hurt me (laughs) i mean that's what happens recovered from that emotionally i mean that's what happens when you you know fuck around and find out what happens Literally, yeah. 
I didn't know that's what they meant by some stay the night. I found I was literally being invited to a sleepover. You know I didn't have friends growing up. Yes, because no one wanted to put up with you. I had to put up with you. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. And as these brothers are having this tender moment together, we are going to cut over to Digital. Uh, Digital, uh, you are currently in the lovely, but dark... I, I... so calling it lovely and dark is kind of mean. Um, you're oh no, dark. we're all fan. I'm a fan of gothic horror and stuff. Like I, I get that. I played Elden Ring at least twice. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are in the dark, depressing uh, province known as Argoth, which is um, in uh, the think of it. Think of industrial Victorian era England. Um, oh, so Bloodborne. Yeah, not Bloodborne. I, I would I w- go and I was, s- I was almost imagining. Sorry, I, I was almost I, imagining like a a, a lo-fi like megalobox like toned down version of like a Miyazaki like Howl's Moving Castle type deal. Imagine like you gay or Elden Ring and Assassin's Creed Syndicate had a baby together. So it's the darkness of Elden Ring, but the environment of uh, industrial England, uh, uh, basically. Um, you are walking down, you assume it would be uh, a nice spring day, but it's kind of hard because, um, right now it's just dark and foggy and kind of suspicious. Um, you are on your way to go and visit a nearby exhibit that was going to be, uh, displaying some new, uh, artifacts that were found um, up in the Mountain of Fates down in uh, uh, Svel, which is the Nordic lands of uh, uh, Petra. And as you're walking... A a Victorian setting having artifacts found in another country. Yep. Mm. <laughs> we did a lot of research on this one. It's yes. half the reason I, I, I chose Argoth, honestly. <laughs> um, as you're walking... Um, uh, excuse me, can someone give me directions, please? Hello? Um, as you are walking and trying to find your directions, you bump into this elderly-looking man. Oh, um, excuse me, sir. <laughs> he's wearing um, a, a nice little like suit. Um, you, what you would imagine like an elderly man would wear like a nice little suit with a bu- uh, bow tie. And uh, he's just walking around. He's like, oh, it's like, yeah, it's fine. I'm, I just, oh, God. Uh, how can I help you? Oh, well, I'm uh, looking for this new exhibit on the Savelle. It's a, They brought it over pretty recently. Oh, the fancy pants art. Uh, yeah. no, it's not exactly art pieces. This is a lot of, there's artifacts, and they've got cultural books and stuff, and it's really going to be uh, a... Art, artifacts, yeah, that's what I said. The artifacts. Oh, yeah. I, I thought you said art pieces. I'm sorry. Uh, you want to... You want to go there? Um, you're and he points off uh north. He goes, yeah, go north about two blocks. Um, yeah. Oh, and he grabs your arm, and when he grabs his uh your arm, he looks at him and goes, "Your world's gonna change," and he just walks off. Well, I hope so. This exhibit's supposed to be pretty good. And, Have a good day, sir. Yeah. And he starts shoveling, uh, shuffling off uh, into the mist and vanishes. Um, you eventually, you do. Are you going to uh, take his directions? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So as you're taking his uh, his directions, 
you're having flashbacks to some of the excursions that you were a part of um and you know the finds that you had and the overwhelming feeling of great happiness of being able to do what you love and then the feel of somberness comes over and you remember loss and fear and as you continue to walk towards the location you just you get the overwhelming feeling that something's not right about today and as mm -hmm. you put your hand on the door to open up to the museum and pull open we're going to cut over to bird bird what are you currently doing right now so we open on a tiny malnourished calico kitten in the hands of a huge auto form uh there is he, he's kneeling in the attic of this dingy low rent gym there's two dudes fighting probably five feet below and you can hear them through the floorboards and he's just holding this tiny kitten just there you're gonna be okay and in the corner hidden behind a disused punching bag is a little stolen shot glass of water uh a shoebox full of sand and tiny little chunks of meat stolen from the fridge uh his single purple eye uh is focused on this tiny kitten that he can't feel uh and he begins to slowly lower the cat down and look out towards the window. There's one window in this whole attic, and it is uh, smeared with grease like the inside of a Chinese restaurant. And he wipes it away with the rolled-up sleeve of his coat and kind of takes a look outside and sees if Brixton's car is there. Um, a few moments after that, there is a knock on your door. So the trap door, uh, he immediately stows the cat in a, like, uh, in a different box. Like, something that probably once held some piece of exercise equipment. Uh, come and I'll be there in a sec. And he heads over to the trap door to the, the attic and opens it up and peeks his head out. Ah, it's my favorite. Ah, how's it going, buddy? Bricks, uh, good to see ya. What's uh, what's the news? I got something good for ya, Patches, my good garbage friend. And he slaps you on the shoulder. He goes, I got you a fight tonight. Uh, there's always another fight in the city somewhere. <laughs> you know it. You're the big money maker. I gotta bring the biggest, bad, baddest bad guys to you. So it's gonna be later tonight, and uh, yeah, you're gonna take a fall on this. There's some big money on you losing this time. And patches, if he could blanch, just blanches. The sort of apertures around his one remaining eye like slide open. He's never taken a dive before. Awesome. I've never taken a dive. <laughs> That's. You don't, I don't, we don't take dives. He goes and he pokes you in the chest and he goes, listen here, buddy. You're going to listen to me. So when I tell you to take a dive, you take a dive. Understood? 
Got it, boss. That's my uh, boy. And he just taps you on the cheek. He goes, God, pick up your room. Be downstairs in five minutes. You got a little bit of training to do. Got it, boss. And he closes and the he trap door. Slowly. Returns to what he was doing. Patches, uh, it's it's not really his room so much as it is just exercise equipment that's been thrown up here to rot. And he pulls the kitten from the box. And he just... Listen, Evans. Brixton can't ever find out you're here. You gotta be real quiet for me, okay? <laughs> and he sets the cat down and puts the mat he rolls up the mat he was kneeling on uh makes sure his his peg legs on tight wraps his fists and pulls his ring coat on and as he's heading down the trap door he grabs from the leg of a broken chair that's been upturned his flat cap and pulls it on as he heads downstairs and as you go downstairs uh, it's, you know, the, the regular, um, it looks more like a gym, um, that you would see from like, um, those like side or the hustler movies and stuff like Rocky, kind of like a Rocky style gym. Um, there's, I, yeah, I, I, in my head, I had been thinking snatch, but yeah. Yeah. So as, as you're walking through, you see the display case that has a bunch of trophies and in there is a long sword that was left there. Um, to believe to be a, a feature winnings in a fight coming down um, the pipe. Um, all you know is that this was a hot commodity item uh, to be grabbed here. Um, and walking up to you um, to get a better view is Brixton. And he goes, all right, kid, you're going to go and you're going to go and hit the bags. And when you hit the bags, hit them nice and hard. And remember that when the time comes for that fight, what are you going to do? I'm going to go down in the fourth boss. That's, that's a good boy. That's a good boy. Now, I need to go and count my money. And off walks this pudgy kind of almost, um, I would say dwarfish, a, a dwarven kind of guy. Um, big cigar in his step between his stubby fingers. And he goes back into his office and begins counting the money uh, that he got from the night before. Patches uh, has never really, he's never been able to count the money. He can only count to six. Uh, so he limbers up, hangs his ring coat, which is a big shearling jacket, like super, super fuzzy on the inside uh, and checkered plaid on the outside. And he's worn it into the ring more times than he can count. He hangs it up on a post at the corner of the, the like the boxing ring. And He's just going to start giving the bag everything he's got. And as you start laying into the bags, we are going to cut back to the two brothers. Um, the two brothers just finished their um, bowl of ramen and are currently walking the streets of Endo. Um, Manji turns to Manju and he goes, um, Hey, have you been having dreams about the temple lately? Oh, well, actually, now that you mention it, I'm actually on my way to do that right now. I just realized I uh, never described Manju. Manju is around 6'3". 
Uh, he wears kind of like what looks like a cheap, like dark jeans with um, what appeared to just be like high top, like leather shoes. And he has just a thin pullover, kind of like an athletic jacket overneath a, uh, like a, a black white beater. And he just says, I'm actually on my way to do that right now. And he has, and he like says, he's like combing over his like white hair. Um, got a odd job to look for somebody's precious item, though. I don't know what it is. If you want to come over and help me, I'll split pay with you. I mean, I got nothing better to do. The dojo's closed for the day, and I didn't get a shift at the cafe today. So, yeah, I'll come along. You're still working there? I mean, it pays the bills. It's how I keep paying rent. I mean, next to the, the dojo job, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, How's that going, by the way? I mean, I, I got some really good students, and I'm getting, you know, the it's something I've always wanted to do is swing a sword for a living, so... I get to do that, and um, attached to um, Manji's hip is a wooden training sword that he usually keeps on him um, in case ruffians jump him or uh, he needs to defend himself in some sort of fashion. Um, he goes, yeah, no, I'm definitely coming with you to the temple because these dreams have been happening a lot lately, and I want to go and talk to the priestess there. Maybe she can give me some kind of inkling on what's going on. And as the two brothers are walking, um, they bump into a man in a nice looking kimono, like regal style kimono in Manju. You notice this man, you've seen him before a few times. Um, and for some reason, something seems more familiar about him than usual. And you're, looking at him and it's this odd feeling of calmness excuse me he's gonna he's gonna try to like stop the the old man and just kind of like say excuse me real quick and uh triple if you want i sent you a message we can uh do that now if you wish uh, the old man is going to turn to him and just say, you kind of look at both him and uh, Manji up and down and just kind of looks and stares at both of them for a second and just kind of says with a little bit of a smirk, you'll do. You'll both do. And uh, immediately Manji's going to be like, what? What? I, what do you mean we'll do? You'll see. Um, by the way, uh, I appreciate you uh, looking for my item today. Wait, is this the guy you're talking about, Manju? Um, are you gay? Well, as a matter of fact, I am. Nice to officially meet Manju. And he's going to hold out his hand, which Manju promptly, as a, after like a little bit of a hesitation kind of like accepts and just starts shaking his hand. Um, yeah, usually I don't meet my clients this early on, but yeah. Um, do you have any description of what this lost item you want is? Uh, he's going to look around and he's going to say, uh, well, as it so happens, uh, I actually have a bit of a tie to a historical 
little 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 little, little bit of history. One of the uh, the museums here uh, actually has a lot of items donated to me or donated to them by me. I was looking for one such item that I just happened to um, take over to the temple for reasons I'm not going to go into quite yet. But um, yes, I'm actually hoping that he can introduce, or uh, sorry, I hope you, that you can go and find us. Manju looks at him and says, all right, well, um, what are we looking for? Ah, that's the beauty of it. Um, it'll be very noticeable when you, when you find it. Go look for it. I actually have to go. So as soon as you find it, let me know and I'll, be, I'll come right over to where you guys are. There should be actually two things. So maybe both of you can work for it. Oh. Anyway, he look. He pulls out a small pocket watch from like the in the inside of the kimono and says, "Ah, oh, look at the time. I have to go. Uh, you two be on your day, and uh, as soon as you get done, let me know. I'll be right back over." Here. And proceeds. He proceeds to walk off. And before like Manju could really like turn and like question him one more time, he just kind of disappears. Before either Manju or Manji can like look around and like, what the hell? <laughs> what the um, hell is that? Um. I mean, there is. I, I I remember reading about sorcery in the lands, but that was like the bygone eras and everything before you know the catastrophe happened. So I mean, maybe this person has some kind of magic connected to him. I who knows. Well, eh, job's a job. Yeah, who's my place to judge? Yeah, let's go and get the money and find out what the hell's item he's looking for. And uh, the the two brothers head off to the temple, and um, as they start going through, taking the path to the temple, they start passing through Tory Gate after Tory Gate, and it just seems like the endless forest of Tory Gates. And as you guys reach what in the fatal frame, as you start going up the stairs towards the temple, and walk into the final Tory Gate. We're going to cut over to digital digital uh, you're walking into and you open up and you walk into the museum and it is full of people. All sorts of people are going around and, you know, chatting and getting really excited for the exhibit. And as you start going through the exhibit, you start seeing all these like Nordic style items um, like helmets uh axes some pieces of boats uh some like small miniatures of some boats and this exhibit's amazing and you walk mm-hmm. over and you're looking over this giant stone tablet that is covered in Savellian, which is the language of the uh, people of Savell. and Savellian is very much um what like nordic writing looked like um a bunch of right, lines the- and the rune script kind of thing yeah the rune script idea yeah it's the same thing um and scattered below it is a bunch of wooden tiles and the wooden tiles seem to you know match uh, a certain pattern and as you start reading it over um it seems as if you don't understand what's going on and as you start focusing more and more a, a man walks beside you and goes oh hi how's it going Oh, hi. I was just uh, admiring these panels. Um, did you see, see these? Yeah, these these are really, really cool. Oh, my name's yeah. Calm. 
Calm? Oh, nice to meet you. My name is Callum. Oh, nice to meet you, Callum. And he shakes your hand. Yep, I shake him. And Callum shakes him right back. Yeah, I am, uh, you know, I'm the founder of some of these uh, artifacts here. I uh, actually come from Svel myself. And uh, no kidding. It's it's crazy. Uh, and then he starts reading over the uh, the script, the rune script. And he goes, but this is actually saying they have the translation wrong on the pan or the the uh, little info uh, graph here. What actually something says, was off there. What it actually says is that it is stated that heroes from all walks of life stop the calamity in the bygone era would change the world forever. And as he's going, as he's doing our talking to you and you start focusing more on it, you start getting flashes going through your mind of, of battles and wars. And it, it starts, you start feeling a little dizzy and woozy. Uh, I want you to make me a constitution save. All right. Let me just, that is a 16 plus. Institution three, so nineteen total. Okay, nineteen. Um, this wave of dizziness and like an overwhelming sickness hits your stomach, and like a knot starts forming, and all of a sudden it goes away, and it, you you start feeling a lot better, and the moment you start focusing again, you look around and calm is gone. Oh, John! I just had this brilliant idea for some historical fan fiction. I was going to tell him about. And as you start going through this and talking about what's going on, uh, we're going to cut back to Bird. Uh, Bird, it's been a few hours of you just hammering away at the punching bags. And you have Brixton comes over and he goes, Aye, uh, good news, good news. You're going to meet the guy who's going to be giving us a lot of money. And he walks over with... Triple, if you want to introduce the character. You're going to see a guy come over with a very good or very nice looking silk three piece suit. Uh, he has long grayish hair, uh, a little bit of stubble on his face. He's around six foot. It just feels like he's going into debt just looking at this guy. <laughs> and, uh, and he's going to walk up and he has like a. Um, on his hands, he has a couple of rings and walks over. He says, So I hear your name's Patch. Uh, that's right. Uh, in the ring, they call me Tombstone. Mm. Interesting name, interesting name. He's going to look over to the coach and says, Going to get a minute alone with him? Yeah, of course. I got to go and count the rest of my money. <laughs> and he takes a... Oh, and he blows where, uh, <clears throat> rings towards both of you, and he walks off to go and count his money. So for, for context on the size difference here, Patches stands at six foot six and he looks, he's built like if you scaled up a heavyweight boxer to that height. Um, and under the coat, under the, the waist wrap he wears, which normally would be for preventing spatting, um, he is made of about a dozen different kinds of metal that have all been plated together. One of his hands mismatches the other uh, one eye, the shutters are permanently closed. There's n- there's nothing in the socket. And uh, his stance is, he, he is planted. One leg is a solid oak peg. 
and he just kind of like has to look down at this guy, but he's he's very curious. And you are? You can call me gay. For now. Okay. He's going to look over to the, the uh, door that the, the manager went through and says, pudgy little bastard, isn't he? Uh, he built me. I kind of owe him my life. Hmm. Well, you know what they say. You can choose your friends, but not your family. Which leads me to think, he looks show. over to him, would you consider him family? I would say so. He, he's there to make sure everything goes right. And if, you, and if he wasn't there? I don't know what I'd do, really. He's going to look at you for a couple of seconds and just goes, well, I'm personally more of a fan of people who know what to do or people of action. I'll give you a little bit of advice from what I was given when I was younger. When you're down to the pits with nothing left to do, take a look at your surroundings. Oftentimes, you'll find that you have a lot more than meets the eye. Whether that be responsibility or whether that be people that rely on you. He's going to kind of look up to your addict. Oh, I guess you could say even pets count. Kittens out of this. You can't know about that. No, I ain't. But I will give you an offer. Chance of a lifetime. How would you like to ditch the uh, old man? You can take the cat too if you want. And his face doesn't have much in the way of expressiveness. It's an auto-form face. There's no brows or anything. But the one functioning set of shutters on his one working eye is furrowed in what is obviously kind of like confusion and concern. I won't force you to take... I won't force you to say yes to the mission. But if I were give it, to give you the chance of a lifetime, say... I don't even know. Maybe leave this, come back later, if you choose. Nothing else ever happened. No, no foul, no gain, or no foul, no loss. Just you taking a trip. What'd you say to that? Don't worry about the old man. I can take care of him. He'll be in no harm. I'm He's gonna like look. Yes, yes, but even then, a child still worries about their parent nonetheless. He's going to look him in the eye after, like, fiddling with his ring and holding it up to the light. And just say, I'll give you a chance. And he's going to hold, and he's going to pull out a pocket watch and just say, oh, look at that. It's about time for me to go. Would you mind walking me to my car? And Patches looks through the smoked glass at Brixton. I guess he wouldn't mind one little favor. And Patches puts on his best sort of bouncer bodyguard air and begins to walk with Kay. As soon as he gets uh, outside the door, even though you're a robot, you send you get a 
sudden sense of wooziness. And your area starts, your, your vision kind of starts to distort slightly. The shutters begin to like malfunction slightly. And they start closing and opening at random as soon as you take a step outside. And with that, I'm going to hand it right back over to Mitch. And we are going to cut back to the two brothers um, in Endo. Um, you guys arrive to the temple finally. Um, sweeping is this mid to late 20s woman. Long black hair wearing uh, a beautiful priestess robe uh, outfit, reds and whites. Um, she is sweeping, and it is a beautiful sight. This massive temple, the Temple of Kami, which is the creator of the world, the god of creation. Um, celebrated are these statues of different variations of what people believe Kami would look like. Um, there's some uh, symbols of uh, prosperity and luck and uh, there's the wall that people can go and pull char uh, charms off of uh, after they paid for it and just sweeping there is the the woman known as Nico um, Nico is this um, Kitsune um, uh, half human half fox uh, character um, she is having this broom and the broom's oddly a little bit bigger than she is um, she doesn't stand pretty tall uh, but she is just sweeping sweeping manju's gonna kind of kick manji in, in like in the, in like in his butt like a little like a little love tap kind of push him forward he says go on go talk to the girl uh, hey come on you you know it's weird around her only weird is your mentality now you've been single to this point pretty boy I've besides been... i know you like her like those come on mm. I he mm, just because I dated a goblin a few years ago doesn't mean that I always like the weirdo chicks. Like, come on, weirdo, my ass. She's cute. You're come on, don't talk to and, her at least. And he shuffles over and he goes, "Hi, Nico." You just see it like uh, Manju over the bushes, just kind of giving a big old thumbs up, like ducking behind the bush. Yeah, I'm, I'm picturing the. Uh the Persona 4 staking out kanji thing. <laughs> and uh, I'm just imagining Hiccup in, like, in, the, in the, the bushes for Toothless. As, <laughs> as these two are having a conversation, um, Triple, um, you get that overwhelming uh, sick feeling. You're starting to feel dizzy. The knot in your stomach is starting to form. Um, you felt this before with some of your past jobs, but for some reason, this one's hitting a lot harder. Um, your stomach is basically, it feels like it's about to like burst out of your body. Um, roll me constitution. I'm going to pull out the good dice for this one. <coughs> that is going to be, uh, a 19. So with a 19, you're able, obviously you're able to pass it. Um, the feeling finally goes away but another urge comes over and the temple door swings open and out comes this elderly man um he is known as the heart or the biggest asshole in endo um it is the <laughs> shaman priest known as yo 
And he goes, ah, what the, oh, God, it's you. And he sees Manji and he goes, what does the riffraff want now? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. No cock blocking a day. He's going to walk up, says, hey, old man, how are you? And he's going to like kind of like right behind his back. He's going to try to signal to Manji. Just kind of like, go, 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 go. And Manji runs. And as he's, he's running, you see him start to step and step and he slows down his movements and uh i'm going to roll a constitution saving throw because it is his moment of feeling icky sticky and he rolled an 18 with a plus one for his con so he passes through and all of a sudden he stops and he looks over at manju and uh, manju you see this look that manji has had on his face before and is the face of him knowing something's not right. There's something about you've always known with Manji is that he's always had an alertness to everything that's going on. Like he has a feeling of bad things happen. And when they do happen nine times out of 10, he's being legitimate. Uh, he's not fucking around with this look. He goes, he shakes. And when he looks at you, he makes a hand sign that, you know, of growing up that something's going down, something's going wrong. And all of a sudden, Yo looks to you and goes, Did I ask for your permission to talk? And as he says that, uh, you feel a sudden urge to not talk. No words are escaping your mouth. Make me a wisdom save. Oh, shit. <laughs> Le uh, That is going to be a 18. In 18, you're able to pass it. You're able to fight through, and you could tell that he was trying to cast magic on you. He was trying to do something to you, and it feels really weird. And as this is going on, we are going to cut back to digital. Digital, as the night goes on, and everyone's talking about the exhibits and going, uh, what's going on, and you're walking through and seeing everything, you see Calm again, and he seems to be near the door. And he pulls out a pocket watch and he's studying it. And he almost seems like he's getting antsy as something doesn't seem right. And he just rushes out the door. Uh, what yeah. Uh, Callum was trying to like, when he noticed him, he tried to wave him down like, okay, hey, over here. And then he sees him rush out. I was like, oh, well, there he goes. Um, shoot. Oh, excuse me. And he just starts walking towards him, see where he's going. He's like, he might have been in a rush, but maybe you can catch him because he wanted to pick his brain out a few things here because he's noticed some neat exhibit stuff. So he's just trying to get through and see if he can't catch up a little. Um, uh, roll me athletics. As you're trying to weave through everyone uh, without knocking people's drinks over and food and stuff like that. All right, that is oh, a 17 total. Athletics. Oh, 17. All right, you're able to. Yeah, we've been rolling really well so far. You're, you're able to weave through everyone without any issues. And as soon as you pass through the door, um, it's a bright light hits you. And Whoa. as soon as you come to and you're able to see things, you're in a really weird place. Um, I don't know if your character has been to Endo before, but you are in front of the temple. And what you see is the Kitsune woman who is on the ground freaking out. Um, as she looks over, there is the two brothers, and they are face to face with 
uh, Yo, who is slowly starting to bubble and form. And as you hear cracking bones and ripping and tearing and what sounds like flesh falling off. And as he is slowly starting to deform and change, he looks over at you and he goes, Oh, you're here too. Interesting. And a- apparently. Um, excuse me. What, what, what's going on here? And you see oh, shit. Uh, hi. The Cronenberg. Um, 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 uh, uh, hey. Manji, this is. Do you guys need we... help? I, I... Maybe. Hold up. Manji, you remember how you, you carry the stick around, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, I think you might need to upgrade a little bit more to more modern standards, and immediately he's going to pull out a pistol from like un, from like a holster he has on his uh, his left shoulder, and starts to kind of hold and points it towards Yo. I don't know what the fuck that is, but um, I wouldn't want to touch it with a six foot stick. And as you guys are staring him down, he just stares over to um, digital, and he goes. you all are here for him aren't you he sent you didn't he and his body's starting to deform and his shoulder his right shoulder slowly shoots back and his left shoulder his right shoulder drops down and he looks like he's limping a little (laughs) it's Are are you okay do i need to call a doctor for you and as this is going down, we're going to quickly cut back to Patches. Patches, you go through the door with K, And as you do, you hear humming and vibrating coming from the display case. Uh, I don't think it's supposed to do that. And um, as he kind of turns back toward the trophy case. The the sword is now glowing very brightly, and it's shaking, and it's vibrating, and it just lets out this ear-piercing screech that destroys the display case, and all the windows in the entire gym just shatter instantly from this high-pitched um, squeal. And you see Brixton run out, and as he's starting to run out, almost waddling, you see him just collapse the moment he hears this, the ear-piercing screech, and he is out cold. The sword, Brixton. the sword is still vibrating, but the moment you pass by it to check on Briggs, it stops, and it goes quiet. And- You're gonna see K pop up behind you. And just said, I would have liked this to be a better transition, but we're running out of time. He's going to look over towards you uh, and just says, I was going to say, as Patches comes to like Brixton, he does like a gospel slide. Oh, yeah. And just All right. Like, uh, roll roll um, acrobatics uh, on the slides. Uh, let me pull up my sheet on Fight Club to check my acrobatics. On acrobatics. That's a 14. Okay, 14. Um, you slide, um, you tear up a little bit of the floor with your um, metal body. Um, and as you get over to Briggs, you can tell he's alive, but he's like passed out. Like it was too much for his dwarven mind, and his dwarven mind just shut down for the moment. So he's alive, but he's just full blown robot panic attack. <laughs> Um, as this is, like, as this like is instead of, instead of hyperventilating, you're hearing just like a fan in a, in an aging computer spin up. 
And what happens is the sword starts vibrating and screeching again, and all distortion or all the the area around you seems to distort. And it seems that it's all the color seems to slowly fade away from where the sword is. And it seems to turn black and white before another wave of endless blackness surrounds. And you are floating in darkness. Everything is gone. All that is left is you and the sword. And five minutes go by. What seems like eternity of endless floating. All of a sudden, a bright light seems to form from right below you. And as this happens, you start falling. And you start falling hard. It's like Alice in Wonderland when she goes down the rabbit hole uh, falling. And as soon as you're about to land, you just stop. And then a second later, you hit the ground. Laying across from you is the sword. As you look up and look around, you notice you're not in the gym anymore. But you're near a temple. What you, what you remember Brixton telling you what a temple would be. Um, you originally have heard Brixton talk about um, the province of Endor um, and uh, Edo, the capital city. And in Edo, there is the Temple of Kami. And he said that he made the journey there many years ago, um, loved the city, and then came back. Um, but you awake in front of the temple. And as you look around, it is that scene the moment that Digi show, or Digital showed up as well. So you both show up at the same time and you're watching this grotesque man forming and disforming and horns shoot from his head like massive demonic horns. And he just turns to you all and he smiles. And he goes, welcome to hell. And flames shoot from behind him. And he smiles a big demonic-like smile, and bat wings shoot from his back, and he goes, "Ah, so you are the chosen ones. I bet the Lord would be happy if I killed you all now." Immediately, Manju is going to just start unloading a clip into it and attempting to unload a clip into its face. All right. Uh, so anyway, he started blasting. <laughs> and so anyway, I started like, blasting. Immediately I, try and help Patches get up, like offering his hand out to him. So this is the bad news, and get up, Goey. We might need to go soon. Patches is still in full-blown robot panic attack, and he's just, uh, I gotta get this into Brixton. And he grabs the sword. And uh, <laughs> Manji is gonna unsheathe unsheathe the wooden sword from his uh, arm, uh, or from his side. And he's like, God, I wish I brought a real sword this time. And with that, everyone, let's roll initiative. Hell yes. First initiative of the campaign. Woo! Oh, shit. I don't know if I need to send a, a photo for confirmation, but I just hit a natural 20. Um, I also hit a natural 20. I, I rolled, hit a dirty 20. What's your dex modifier? Because I have 20. Zero. <laughs> okay, so, so I have three on my dex, so I believe I would go first. Um, I rolled I 11, and so I rolled 11, and because I have the alert feet, um, it is now a lovely um, 21, so yeah. I was going to say, I know I had a dirty 20, so I guess that means we all got at least 20 on this. 
Yes. Yeah. So um, <laughs> we all from... just hit the ground running. Wait, wait a fucking start, gentlemen. <laughs> so the way the way that this is going to go, it's going to so go. So anyway, we all started blasting. <laughs> so what's going to happen is uh, before everyone he gets a chance to the demon gets a chance to do something, I will let everybody get a free attack in. Uh, immediately, uh, gun. Roll to gun. Gotta... He casts gun. I... I cast gun. Uh, okay, so well, I think we're running this off of the same thing as like a uh, a bow, right? Or is it like yes. a, a, there was an actual uh, gun, right? There is, there is uh, stats for guns. Um, it's I believe it's your dex mod, and then I believe it'd yeah, be... it would be it would be as as per a standard ranged weapon. I think they're in the dungeon master's guide, but yeah. Well, oh I, shit! I, will... I think I have one of those. I will uh, look two, it up. It's page two something. You'd probably be better off looking it up via Renaissance weapons on the table. I think it's 1d8 for a pistol. Pistol, 1d10. All right, there you oh, go. 1d10. I was wrong. All right, so uh, roll to see if you hit this uh, bish. That is going to be a... And that's going to be a dexterity modifier? Yes. Uh, that is going to be a 17. 17. All right, 17 does hit. Uh, all right, one d ten time. I'm busting out the dragon dice. <laughs> oh boy, I would like to state for the record, I have actual mittens in my lap. No, eight damage. Damage. All right, so you shoot into this this demon, and the minute the bullet hits his skin, it pierces, and he goes, "Ah!" <laughs> that kind of tickled a little, and all of a sudden, the wound seems to heal up. But there's still blood oh. to trickle down from him. <laughs> Immediately, he's gonna look over to Maji and just say, "This is some bullshit." Uh, man, this is some like next level bull boss bullshit. Um, so uh, next on the initiative, uh, so whoever wants to throw an attack, uh, everyone, like I said, gets a free attack in, and then we'll set the initiative up from there. So whoever wants to uh, roll attack in. I was gonna say Patches had a nat twenty twenty three total, so okay. Oh fuck, forgot. Um, right, I'm going to. Yeah, I was, actually I was gonna make sure I write down everyone's initiative, so we have that going for us. Yeah, so professional DM is professional. He doesn't mess up the turn order at all. No, not at all. I'm professional. Uh, I mean, there was only I one control one time. two. I was gonna say, as, as a surprise, as a surprise round, it's basically just go whenever. Yeah, it's go whenever, and then we're, we'll yeah. set up everyone's initiative. Yeah, surprise rounds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And surprise rounds tend to be popcorn, as is. Yeah. In seven tech, can I like try and make like an Arcana check or something to try and identify him? Yes, you can uh, if you would like. Okay. I now have all three guides. I have the Monster Manual, Dungeon Master's Guide, and the Player's Handbook. Um. So you can roll just Arcana or Religion. Up to you. Okay, uh, so religion would be the higher one for me. So that is a 14 plus 6, 20. Uh, with a 20, you can tell that he is a demon. Um, uh, a low-ranking demon, but he is a demon, yeah, uh, nonetheless. Uh, uh, guys, uh, th th this is a demon. That's, that's a demon! A fucking what? Yeah, a, d a demon. So lower echelon demon, but that's a demon! There's echelons? Yeah, there's echelons. <laughs> I just figured there was that one type. I am coming for you all. I've been sent to kill every single one of you. I guess whatever higher Why? power is on your side brought you all here 
Oh, that makes my life so much easier. I'm so happy. And as he's saying this, like I said, everyone can roll and try and do an attack. Um, Manji is going to try and beat him across the head with uh, this wooden sword that he keeps on him. Hope that thing's peach wood. <laughs> so, uh, a 16. That's, uh... He got a 22 on that hit. That hits. So you just see Manji come through is, uh... and just baseball bat swing style crack him inside of the uh, by the side of the head he is gonna roll his wooden sword with a d10 because i treat this like i treat a long sword long sword it just deals bludgeoning yeah it just d deals bludgeoning damage so he's gonna hit him and he cracks him in the side of the head for 15 uh no for 13 points so you just see him come and he just cracks him in the side of the head. The demon jaw breaks, but then snaps back into place. And he goes, Ow, that kind of hurt a little. And then um, whoever wants to make their last attack, and then we will set up initiative after that. Uh, you watch as just like all of the internal conflicts you've been seeing in Patch's shutters just resolve all at once. And he looks up at this demon, and his protective instincts just immediately kick in. Like, he is standing, in his mind's eye, he is standing next to three tiny protect er, tiny kittens that need protecting. I don't think I like your attitude. And he's going to take a massive two-handed swing with that greatsword. Alright, throw... I just want to say uh, that Callum's a half-orc, so he's pretty tall. Kind of. <laughs> don't you have, like, seven strength? You're pretty damn weedy. <laughs> So total is uh, 17 to 17 hit. just meets AC. Cool. And as a 2d6 on that greatsword, that total is going to be 13 points of damage on a single sword. Oh, you, you cleave into him and your blade connects, leaving a giant gash going down his body. He goes, <laughs> and you just see again the wound just seems to heal over but you can tell that he's he's not liking what's going on um and uh anyone else making uh attacks or are we going to go right into combat uh i used mine to id so i think i'm good there all right so what was everybody's initiative roll dirty 20 uh, i go last 23 total 23 total for Patches. All right, so... He's got surprising grace to him. Patches. And then we have... I believe Digital was the other one who got the nat 20. Yep, with a zero bonus. Manji's up because he got a 21. Then Manju is there. Yeah, Patches had a nat 20 and a plus And then plus. it's the demon. All right, Patches, you're up. You just cleaved into this demon, and whatever damage you did seemed to not have phased him as much as you thought it did. Uh, so what would you like to do? He is currently uh, standing in front of you um, uh, since you were the last one to swing at him. Uh, his eye starts to like flicker and spark in a lot of ways, and parts of his body seem to shift as he looks up and just, I really don't like your attitude. Uh, bonus action, I'm going to fucking rage. Okay, fucking rage. Uh, first rage marked. Uh, and I'm going to take another cleft with the greatsword. Okay. 
uh, for a 25, uh, sorry, yeah, 25. Yeah, 25 hits. 19 and a, 19 and a, and a plus six. And then on the D6s, double Ds, that's uh, 12 points of damage total. He seems to shudder back a little from that hit, and he goes, ah, Jesus Christ. And as he hits, his eyes begin to light up. And he goes, thank you for causing me all this pain. And as a legendary action, he's going to throw his hands out and he's going to hit you all with a massive wave of energy. And all of a sudden you all feel this massive surge of all the hits that you did to him overcome you guys. And I want everyone to make a con save. All right. Cool. Constitution saving throws a plus six. That's not good. 17. Uh, Maji rolled a five, um, and he has a plus one, so a six, so he's failing. Uh, 17 on patches. Okay, you just passed. Uh, Six plus three, nine. You fail. Dribble, what'd you get? I got a dirty 20. Dirty 20. Okay, so anyone who got above a 15, um, the pain hits you. And you all are going to be taking. Uh, oh wait, wait, wait! What, what was it rolling? Sorry. Uh, con save. Constitution, Constitution saving. Throw, Whoopsie! Yeah. I didn't roll that. Give me one second. Oh yeah, roll con. Yeah, con save. DC fifteen. Uh. Yeah, I, I failed. Okay, so uh, he's is the only one left going to roll a d8 of uh, psychic damage to all of you. All right, so whoever got hit with it and failed takes six points of damage. Uh, Patches, you take three points of damage, halved. Okay. So Manji buckles from that and drops to one knee from the sort of uh, the, the the overwhelming fear or the overwhelming pain hitting his body. And he's like, oh, ow, 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 ow. Um, so, yeah, with that being said, uh, Patch, is there anything else that you need to do this round? That was my action, or that was my bonus, my action. No, I'm still Okay, uh, we are going to switch over to digital. Digital, um, you feel this pain hit your body, and it seems to almost make you buckle as well from all that pain. And it seems that... Um, the pain, the, anything you guys are doing to him, it's just coming back at you guys tenfold. And you are feeling a lot weaker from your mad, from your, or, uh, your religion check. Um, you have heard of some demons having the ability of basically, uh, switching and sending pain to other people. They're able to, you know, switch in and out, switch in and out. No problem. Um, and this one seems to be that kind of demon, kind of a torturer, essentially a torturer demon. Um, and yeah, any pain that is not magical to him seems to be causing pain to all you guys. Uh, hand in the classroom. Uh, go ahead. Would the moon touched greatsword count as magic? Hmm. I am going to quickly look it up because. Because I know, I know it specifies that an arm blade, for example, doesn't do. Or it doesn't count as as magical for purposes of damage reduction, but it doesn't say anything like that about Moonblade or about Moon Touch Greatsword. I'm not trying to be a rules lawyer. Yeah, I, like, I no problem. I'm just checking to see if 
Um, from from what it is saying is that these swords are just basic swords that just uh, give off light. There doesn't seem to be anything okay. magical about it. It says it's a magic item. So for um, all sense of the purposes, I'll say that we'll say that it's magical. So like the damage that you're doing, okay. it's noticeable that that damage that you did hurt a lot um, compared to. Uh, the okay, so the, the, the 13 and the 12 that came from this great yeah. sword. Okay. Like your your damage is sorry. Like yeah. I said, I didn't want I didn't want to be the. Yeah, no, it's that. it's all good. Yeah, no, your weapon is it's definitely feeling like it's leaving more damage than it's giving off. It seems like everyone else, like digital, like I was saying, everyone else seems to be their damage isn't doing enough to him. Mm -hmm. So oh. yes, uh, the guys, this is a a torture demon. It's uh, we need to hit it with magic. Is there, is there any magic? I'm not a magician. I I don't even know. I'm not one either. I'm just a guy who uses a sword. How do I look like David Blaine? Patches is not hearing it. Uh <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Question. Yep. So. I wasn't imagining that uh, Callum came to this exhibition armed or anything or they could cast spells yet but would would i be able to like oh, are we hitting the point where i can use my class abilities um everyone i raged so yeah I'd everyone say, yeah. basically is level one so whatever level one stuff you have um you have access to it okay yeah because i thought that was uh wasn't gonna happen until we did the thing i yeah, know you you, you have basic level one things right now Okay. Yep. All right. Um, so Callum is going to panic. He's like, okay, okay. Uh, uh, guiding bolt. Going to cast the guiding bolt on it. Oh so, shit! Yeah, I'm going to make a ranged spell attack on him. And then if it lands, I believe next attack has advantage. Yes. Uh. Yes. So that is a nat one. Balls. So you shoot off um, as you fire off oh, this cool spell. Um, it seems to hit him. For some reason, he's able to kind of like maneuver it around, and he fires the gold or the uh, the bolt back at you. Um, he's going to use his reaction <laughs> to basically attack you with the attack. Uh, so he's going to roll. Uh, I did not expect I did not expect the demon to have an Uno reverse. Card Essentially, um, home rule: uh, if you drive, get clapped. if if you roll a nat one, um, the enemy, uh, the person who's doing uh, being attacked, can use a reaction to attack back. Essentially, so you clap and you fail to clap, they clap okay. back. So with your, uh, he rolled a fifteen. A hit. All right, and then that's a, a D eight. Or for damage, I rolled a hit. Okay, because uh, my armor class is 17. Okay, so the 15, it just bounces off of you and seems to fade away like nothing happened. All right, uh, is that all you're going to be doing? Uh, guys, I think we should run. And Callum's going to back away. All right, uh, you're going to use your uh, movement to back away? Yes. All right, so as you start running away... 
Um, yeah, you get your 30 feet away and you seem to be uh, a little bit further away from everyone else. Um, Manji is up and he's going to take the chance to bitch slap him with his wooden sword, not hearing what Callum was saying. So he's going to swing to uh, swing to slap with sword. Uh, he rolled a 17 plus 6, so he got a 23. Um, that definitely hits. Uh, he's going to swing it one-handed, uh, so he's going to swing it with a d8. Uh, rolling seven points of damage. Uh, so when he swings it, he hits the demon across the face, and the demon seems to buckle a little bit from it, but then his head cracks right back, and he smiles at Manji, and he goes... You're going to die first. And uh, Manji is going to not do anything the rest of the turn. So Manju, you see Callum running um, after failing to hit him with magic. Uh, you see Patches slashing into him and going into a massive rage. And then you see Manji bitch slapping him with a wooden sword. What are you doing? Uh, I'm gonna look around. Where's like the to... the Kitsune girl? Uh, she is currently uh, starting, or she is long gone. Oh, she's long gone. Okay, good. Uh, I'm gonna yell out to Manji, saying, "I right, get the fuck back. Gun time. Stop hitting with the stick." And then he's gonna try to fire the gun again. Okay, yep. Roll the hit. Is going to be an 11 plus 30. My dexterity is going to be a 4, so 15. 15 misses. So you fire off the shot, and as the bullet goes with or goes flying, the demon seems to stare, and the bullet just whizzes by his head as he turns last second, and the bullet hits the temple. Um, anything else you want to do? I am going to attempt to light up my shot then so I can if I align my shot right now, but you think that'd be give me advantage on next time? Uh yes, I will I will give you uh, a plus uh plus one to uh your hit. Since we are not running advantage or disadvantage, we're running plus and yeah, minus. I was gonna say I was gonna say yeah. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Okay. So yeah, you'll get you'll get a plus I'm assuming the disadvantage works differently because uh having uh I'm assuming disadvantage. Works. Disadvantage. Yeah, it's, just a, yeah, it's a minus plus. your level to uh, the attack. Uh, to your roll. Um. So yeah, you. Uh, yeah. So when you line up, the next shot you make will be with a plus one. Um. Added to whatever the roll is. Um. We are cutting to the demon. The demon looks down at Manji and he laughs as he just grabs his claw and seems to almost try and pierce through Manji's chest. Uh, with a 15, he just miss or just meets Manji's class, so he is rolling a d4. Uh, he rolled a one plus three uh, up four, so you see Manji just get pierced in the chest, and blood just squirts out of his back, and he coughs up blood. The wooden sword dropping out of his hand as he is just pierced over his arm. He coughs. And he just, the demon starts laughing and has Manji just stuck to his arm now. And that is his turn. 
Um, at the end of his turn, before Patches can react, he is going to release another wave of pain across everybody. Um, luckily, uh, Digital, you are currently away from all of this, uh, just getting out of the AOE blast that he's about to do. Uh, so everyone... Suck it. Uh, everyone make constitution. Um, Manji is automatically going to fail at this because he's at point-blank range and is barely on uh, live. So he will be failing this. Um, so I need uh, Manju and Patches to both roll uh, constitution. Dirty 20. Uh, I got a 15. All right, he's going to roll another D8. Uh, it is eight in total. So anyone who got above a 15, you are taking four points of damage. Anyone who failed is taking a full eight points of damage. Um, Manju, you seem to see the life from your brother leave his eyes, and he goes limp over the demon's uh, arm. And his body just falls to the ground, and he's laying there in a pool of his own blood. immediately just quiet rage comes over Manju. And he's immediately gonna like drop any like um any funny business. Is it is it my turn? Uh no. Uh patches. Yeah, patches, is up. patches when turn? we get to you you will get your reaction to what's going on. Go ahead. Uh, so patches, yes, so... you see the demon pierce into uh Manji through the chest. This kid yeah, this, this guy know. you don't even know. And yeah, you just watch his body. Patches, when he started raging, like, it wasn't, like, big barbarian yell rage. It is already ice-cold murderous mm. fury. But in this case, it is contextualized by just seeing someone just eat it. Uh, I'm going to swing for the arm, which I'm presuming hasn't fully retracted yet. Yes, the arm hasn't fully uh, retracted yet. I'm just, like I said, I'm just stating that for flavor. He's just trying to, like, completely chop the arm off. Yep. Uh, roll to hit um, with a minus one because you were calling uh, the shot where you were aiming for. Uh, 19 total. Uh, minus, with still a minus hits. one. So it would have it would have been and a still 20, hits. yeah. And that's a 14. <laughs> 16, the si sorry, the 16, 16 happens, and you just watch as your blade cleaves his arm completely off. And black ick and uh, disgusting black, what looks like oil, is screaming out of his arm now. He starts hissing in pain at everything that's going on. And his forked tongue starts flailing out like a wild man. And he is looking really hurt. Yeah, there there is full blown kettle steam coming out of patches right now. Oh. Like every crack and joint in the armor is just blasting steam. All right, is that everything that you're gonna do this turn? Just you and me, you ugly bastard. All right, we are going to cut over to digital. Digital, you see um, the attacks going, and the moment you see Manji get stabbed through the chest and collapse to the ground, motionless. You feel a sudden urge of despair in the air, but a small uh, off to the, the distance seems to be a, a glimmer of light of hope in some way. And it's the voice echoes through your head and goes, You will all survive. 
just survive. And what would you like to do now? As this just survive is echoing through your head. Um, while he wants to continue running, seeing someone, you know, get impaled and fall, he's going to skid to a stop and just like slap himself once to just come to senses and run back and try and apply uh, cure wounds on him. It's like, come on, come on, buddy, stay with me. So let me just double check what Cure Wins does. Uh, D4 plus your um, spellcasting modifier. All right. Uh, that might be that, healing uh, word. Yeah, that might be healing word. Uh, yeah, Cure Wounds is a D8. Yeah. That's what I thought. So that's a one plus... Um, it's going to be your whiz for a cleric. Yeah. Four. To- so five total. All right. So you you the sudden urge of healing of that light and that pure of just survive echoes through and a radiance just hits Manji in the chest and you see his chest puff up and the wound where the the stab wound was seems to seal over and heal up. And all of a sudden you hear life go back into most. Oh, God. You okay, buddy? Stay oh, with me. Stay with oh, me. God. It, oh, that sucked. That sucked so hard. Yeah. Yeah, that did. Oh, it God. Sucked. Sucks just seeing it. All right. Uh, with that being said, is there anything else that you're going to be doing this turn? I don't think there's anything else I can do at this moment. All right. So with that being said, Manji gets up and grabs his wooden sword. And you can see that he is not a happy camper right now. He just died and barely got back up. And he grabs the wooden sword and he just swings baseball bat style, trying to beat the living life out of this demon. Uh, He rolled a nine plus his six is a 15. He misses. So you see the swing and it just clips the demon in the wing and he just laughs and stay uh, and uh, Manju's like, oh, I fucking hate this guy. And we're going to cut to Manju. Manju, uh, the moments before he was healing, what was going through your head? Uh, the only thing he thought of was kill. And um, as that is, is it OK yes. to go now? Uh, as soon as that happened, immediately Manju just runs forward and tries to jump and grab the horn and then unload around into the into the the demon's eye. Okay, so I want you to roll me as as a proponent as a proponent of the rad rule. Can I grant? Uh, can I use my reaction to grant him a plus one on that by giving him? like the perfect ramp to run up. Yes, I will uh I will allow that. You ba- you basically run and you jump off of patches and uh roll me um yeah, patches patches is ducking under a swing and you just springboard right, off. Roll me acrobatics or athletics, whatever you deem worthy of what you're attempting. I'm doing an athletics and uh as if by fucking fate I got a nat 20. I'm not even going to roll because I I'm yes. so I got a 26. I'm going to attempt it. 
the demon rolled a four. So that was a six in total. So yeah, <laughs> you get on top of him, and yes, you get to roll, and of course you get that advantage. So a plus one to whatever your end roll is. Roll to hit this bitch. Go for the glory kill. Uh, that would be a, with dexterity, that would be a 17. That meets the AC. So it meets it, it beats it. Rad, I was going to say, I have all of my fingers crossed for a 20 right now. <laughs> and that is going to be a max damage roll of 10. You jump on top Fuck, of this yes. demon and you fire this clip off. All the abuse you guys have been putting this demon through is shot. Is the shot. Triple, tell us how this demon goes down. Uh, yes! So as soon as he's going to, like, Manju is going to see that the random robot man that has been protecting them is setting up a perfect ramp as soon as he saw him charging. So he runs up like the arm, going over his back up to the other arm, and jumps off the uh, the sword, make kind of like a springboard. Immediately grabs yes. onto the the horn of the uh, the demon, and then using like the momentum and weight, like just rips him like down to the ground where he slams him into the ground head first, and just shoves his gun into the eye socket and just like kind of attempts to like just go past the eyeball and then just unloads the the moment the moment these the bullets pierce this uh the demon's head he goes and the you see the blood just pouring off of his body the wounds that you guys laid into him start reappearing and blood is just pouring off of him he drops to his knees and on, you're on top of him, and he goes, <laughs> By the way, your journey begins. And as he says this, his body begins to crack with red and orange, and it seems like a heat is coming off, and a massive explosion goes off, and everything goes white. You guys wake up in what looks to be the same temple that you guys were before, but around you is nothingness. It's empty space, but the temple that is there, and it's floating. The demon's gone. You guys seem to be okay. And you hear clapping. Two sets of clapping. There he goes. As exhaustion just overwhelms patches and he just fixing to say manji's at like one hp right now i mean or uh manji is at five and that's just because he luckily got healed um the ones who are still awake you look over and you see what looked like k and calm the elderly man that uh digital dud uh bud or uh budged into um it seems a couple of the people that you interacted with on this day all appear and they seem to fade into these two beings and standing there is one who is a fresh faced young man. And next to him is a grizzled what could be best um, be described as like Logan uh, Wolverine and Logan, where it's the, the beard, the hair's a little disheveled. And this guy looks like he's seen some shit. Both wearing the exact same robes, and the one clapping smiles and goes, Good job. 
I knew you were the right ones this time. And what? What? He smiles and goes, I am Kami, the god of creation. Just not from this timeline. And he points to the young faced man. He goes, This is also Kami. He is your Kami. Did a good job choosing you two, especially you, Patches. I like you. Sorry about the whole pushing thing Thank earlier. You. The kitten will be taken is, just like, fine, though, by the is, way. He is. Like, he is full blown, like, slump sitting because the, the essential equivalent of robotic adrenaline has just left his body. How's it feel? Having the first rage go off kind of changes a person, doesn't it? I've never been angry like that. No, yeah. Oh, but trust me. Everybody okay? Relatively. And, and he sort of looks. He looks puppy dog eyes up at the rest. Or puppy dog eye, I suppose, up at the rest of you. And you realize he's scared. And Manji looks down at the hole, the the massive hole in his t-shirt, and the only thing that he can say is, "Fuck! This is my favorite shirt." Monty's just kind of like like adrenaline shot at this point. He's just on the ground, just like breathing. He's like, fuck it. I'll buy you a new one. And then he's just like, pause for a second. He's just like, does this mean we don't get paid for our job? Oh, fuck. I was waiting for that paycheck. Oh, shit. And the elder, the oh. elder Kami claps and he goes, do not worry, young Manju. You shall get your payment. But first, we need to explain ourselves. I have so many questions right now. In, in uh, Manju is going to like lay back, just clap his hand and go, Whoop! In, in due time, my good friends. Now, I believe you have all heard of the calamity known as the bygone era. Yes? Of course. Hand yes. raise. Patches has okay. not. <laughs> Neither has Manju. And obviously Manji has not ever heard of this either. Ah. It's fine, it's fine for the non-initiated. Essentially, the Calamity event known as the Bygone Era was known for the rise of demons, Yo uh, Oni and Yokai, that basically ran shots of all of Tetra. And, well, some certain timelines failed, some passed. Obviously, our loop that we are in now i forgot to tell you guys you're in a time loop right now so we're going to be adjusting some things to make it work but all you need to know is this you all are destined for greatness you are all chosen ones you i believe heard the demon call you all chosen ones yes yeah, but I thought he was kind of crazy. <laughs> well, most of the demons are. Patches looks very confused. He was in he was in mid robot panic attack. It's happened. it's okay, it's okay. It was told that four oh, no, wait Kami. Was four heroes or was it five? Oh, the other one's kind of preoccupied right now. Um he'll come back in there. <sighs> of course. 
uh, five heroes who would be pulled from different eras to stop the Calamity event from happening in this timeline. Well, my timeline and the other commies have successfully passed their tests. But this one, this one's different. This one, we have bigger issues. Bigger fish to fry. But for all you need to know now, what's going to happen is we are going to send you to Tetra in the past. What's going to happen is your job is to go and kill 13 yokai generals that are the reason for the bygone era. And what will happen is you all will live your life there now. Um, our robotic friend, do not worry, your pet is in good hands. You do not have to worry. You just hear like a little Patches meow coming is, out from Patches the younger is, one. Missed. Patches has been looking like down at the sword for the last couple of sentences. Rexton's gonna kill me. It is. What about my dad's? I need to let my dad's know. It's. It is fine. What is happening is you guys were pulled moments before everything happened and you are here now when you return if you succeed you will all be brought back to that point in time but what if we don't succeed i need to write a letter for my dad's and let him know i'm sorry if you then you get you don't exceed you will try and try and try again you are all destined to be the ones to save this timeline and you need to do this because if you fail enough times and die, this means the end of reality as we know it. The younger one's going to clap his hands together. So essentially what we're doing is we're making you loop over and over again. So you actually, you actually kill these dudes mm -hmm. because I have gone through uh -huh. with mine and all of my champions and you all are going to be dealing with as well. Now, on to the more pressing matters. You all can pick one item to take with you to Tetra. So, please, tell us what item will you all want? Um. Patches is, is looking down at the sword, and he doesn't fully comprehend what's going on right now. Uh... I need to get this back to Brixton. I am sorry, but that is not an option. That sword has been calling to you. You just haven't listened to till now. Now, I believe that this sword belongs to you now, my good robotic friend. So if you wish, you shall take this sword with you, and may it give you brighter days. And as he does that, he waves his hand over the blade, and the blade begins to glow with the brightness of what you, all those nights, when you had the chance to look out a window of the full moon and the beauty that the full moon gives. This sword is giving off the hue and the light of a full moon. Ooh. Now. Shiny soul. Mm. It shall do for now. 
anyone else? What is something you would want? Wait, so we're going back in the past, yes. right? Like our past? You are going to go to a specific time when your ancestors or your creator's ancestors, depending on what your beliefs are and your timeline is, and you will be inhabiting their space. So with that being said, you are going to be brought into a timeline where you may not be used to it. I'm sorry, but yeah, oh. it's going to be rough if you're not used to the bygone era. Yo, I'm bringing a gun. And he looks over at your gun and he waves his hands and he goes, this gun, may it never fail you. And you have all the bullets you could need. And you pull out, as soon as you uh, let the clip out, you notice that the clip is empty. Your, your mag is empty. And the moment you put it back in, I assumed it was like the, I assumed it was like that hyper reload animation where he hits the mag release button and the mag just keeps going. (laughs) (laughs) So as, as you're looking at the gun and the mag comes out and you notice it's empty, the moment you put back in, you pull back the chamber and you load up the chamber and you can feel something drain or something coming over you to shoot this. I'm gonna look at. I'm gonna, I, I start a. I, I take a test shot into the void, and when the gun goes off, I'm just gonna look to Manji and be like, "I no longer believe in reloading." So what, basically, <laughs> what you have is a gun that just has unlimited ammo, so you don't have to keep track of ammo. He pulled it from the John Woo timeline. <laughs> the John um, Woo. Ma- Ma- Manji raises his hand and goes, "Um, can I get a, a sword?" and the elder or the older looking Kami goes, yes, of course. And he claps his hand and you see the wooden sword that he had in his hand slowly. The color seems to fade from it and a a gray comes over it and it seems to sharpen and deform and change. And it becomes a katana with a black handle and a blue blade. Um, The Suba has a dragon on it and Manji's looking it over and goes, oh, this is fucking cool. Um, and he goes, Katana for a warrior indeed. And Manji shoves it into the uh, the sheath and he goes, all right, I'm ready to go kick some ass. Um, and digital. Immediately, Manji's just going to look at him in the eye and just go, weeb. <laughs> and uh, digital, what would you like to take into this world? Um, so, Gom's like, ah. So my magic, I, 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 I'm not really, I, I've never really gotten to practice a lot of practical practice with that, with that stuff. Um, is there something that I could use to maybe, maybe be more useful? Cause, uh, I felt really bad. I thought it was really going to come in at a pinch there and then it just, whoa, he turned it right around on me, you know? So I posted a link here for the Amulet of the Devout, the level one he nods and he goes, ah, oh, of course. And he snaps his fingers and a necklace seems to form around your neck. And yes, you get the amulet of the devout. Oh, th- thank you. All right. And with that being said, Kami smiles and he goes, good luck out there. And if you ever need us, he claps his hands and all of you receive a bell. And the bell is to call one of the commies of your choosing. 
Um, all they can do is appear and give you guys information and it's set for once a day. So everyone gets a bell of call or a bell of commie. And once a day you can summon either adult commie or younger commie, and they will give you some sort of information if need be. Rad, we have a Sierra adventure game hit button, hint button. <laughs> and with that, can we just use the? Can we just summon the commies to kill, wipe out everything? <laughs> I am sorry, but all we are entitled to during this is to give you information. We cannot step in and intervene with your guys' is loop. If we do, past gods have caused bigger calamities than the bygone era. So... Younger one who picks up. So you basically get a couple. That's it. Yeah, it's a nasty situation. But... Trust me, you don't want to get involved with that. Way too much trouble yeah, to fix. And it takes, takes a lot of work for us to deal with this. But with that being said, he claps his hands and separates them into a uh, almost a, uh, a godlike pose. And as that happens, everything goes super bright as light shoots over the area and everything fades to black. Everything opens up and you guys are currently laying in the forest, looking up at the sky. And we are going to be ending the session zero right there. Awesome. I hope I didn't like over talk too much. I just No, it, it's it's all good. It was it was all generally. good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it and it inspired me to talk more. That's for sure. Um, I want to thank everyone for listening to our session zero this week of uh, 13 yokai, or as we are going to be calling it, uh, stuck in another world fighting 13 yokai. Uh, I am your DM and player, uh, Mitch. I'm your DM and player, Triple. Uh, I'm Bird. I'm and Digi. Love every single one of you, thank you all for listening to this episode of 13 Yokai. We'll see you guys next time when it's time to roll some dice. Bye-bye. Later.